Today we're talking about living outside the box. I think many times you've been in business meetings or you've been in situations and you've sat around maybe with people and, and I don't know, you know your situation or how it went, but, but I've been in a lot of these kind of meetings and these kind of things. When the old stuff just isn't getting it anymore. See, when the old ideas just aren't, aren't rolling right, when, when what's going on isn't quite meeting the need, you get together and you begin to say, let's think outside the box. Why? Because it's different. And the results that you need are different. So when you need different results, you've got you to begin to think differently. And in our lives, I'm telling you, if we want to see the fullness of God, like we believe it says in the Word of God, then we're going to have to start living differently. Living outside of the box. Not being pinned in by the enemy. Knowing that there is another opportunity, there is another solution. Factoring God into our situations. Not allowing the enemy to pin us in this place and put us in this box. But getting outside of that box. And living in the largeness of all that God created. Living in the largeness of life for yourself that God had planted you in this earth for. Not just barely getting by. Not just barely taking it. Taking all of the limits off. Allowing all of those things to fall behind you and saying, God, I am outside the box. I don't have any idea because my comfort zone's in the box. But I am, I am outside the box. I don't know what to do outside the box. But I, 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 oh, wow, see? A couple weeks ago, I shared a little bit what Bill Winston had shared in Oklahoma, in, in Tulsa there, at uh, Word Explosion. And, and he had used John chapter 2. And I just real quickly, like in a minute here. In John chapter 2, it's the story of the water and the wine. And this, see, this is going to make you do one of those things where you go, ow, get a wave of hanky. I mean, this is one of these things, see, okay? So I'm just, I'm prepping you. But because but, here's this story. We've heard this story a bunch of times. It's, it's Jesus, and he's at the feast, and, and he, hasn't, you know, he hasn't done anything yet. And his mom tells him, they're out of wine, so you need to take care of that. And so he tells the, he tells the guys, go get the wine, you know, get the water and bring it over to me. And when he took it to the master, he took it and he drank it, and it was, it was wine. And the guy was like, he was, he was stoked because it wasn't just like wine. It was like wine. I mean, it was the best wine. And he went to the master of the feast, and he said, I, I, people don't do this. You know, they usually give out the, the, the good stuff in the beginning, get people good and drunk, and then they give them out the cruddy stuff in the end because then you don't care what you're drinking. Those of you who have been there know that. At that point, you'll drink whatever, the sweat off somebody else's whatever, man. It doesn't make any difference at that point as long as it's got alcohol in it, you just keep drinking it. But, but see, he said, you saved the best for last. And the thought that he shared, and it really was like a, it was a sock-waving deal, he said, what if, what if this is the last of the last days as we move through those things, but what if God saved the best for last? What if he saved you for last? Because he, you're the best. You are the best. Who you are, what he called you to do, you are the best, and he saved you for last. He said you need to get into a little bigger environment, that the fish will grow into the environment in which it lives, and if you keep a, big, if you keep a fish in a small jug, a goldfish, it'll only get that big forever. But if you'll get out of that into the next size tank, the goldfish continues to grow. And I shared this story down at, down at Butler. They're, they're, they have goldfish. I am not lying to you. They're this big. And they're like this big around. They're huge. I, I, you can't fish it. I'm sure somebody will attack me if I try to. But they were, they were everywhere because they had a big environment. And they grew to fit the size of the environment in which they live. Now think about it. Maybe we've been living in a small box too long. Maybe it's time to get out of the box a little bit. If you, th if you can think or live outside the box, maybe, maybe we should, we should we, if we can think outside the box, maybe we should live there too. See, here's the thing. Do you really believe that all things are possible? 
Or do you have a preconceived idea and a preconceived thought that, you know what, all things are possible except this. Even though I say it, I don't really truly believe it in my heart. Or do you really believe outside of that box all things are possible? Because I think inside the box, we do think that outside the box all things are possible. Then live outside the box. Amen. I mean, that's it's kind of revolutionary. Common sense, but revolutionary. It's those times when you're meeting with Pastor Bill and he tells you something and you think, wow, I must be a moron. Because that, that is so deep, yet, yet so, I should have got that. Has God ever told you something or you read something in the Word and you thought, well, where have I been the last 20 years of my life? That's obvious. How come I didn't see that? See, do you, do you really believe that you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you? Or do you just believe that outside of your box that's true? Or do you really believe that you can do anything that he calls you to do? That he will strengthen you, he will gift you, he will give you the thoughts, the words, the things to do. He, he will pour it all in you. But this, see, that's outside the box. There's no comfort zone outside the box. Those fish are in a big pond down there, but they're growing bigger and bigger and bigger. There, there's no stopping them. As they continue to change environments, continue to go to the next place or the next thing, the larger environment puts them in a place where they grow to fill it. They don't grow and then go to the environment. They go into the environment and then they grow. You're in your box and you think, well, I, you know, I, I fit in here pretty well. But get out of your box and you will grow to a point in God that you would never be able to get back in that box. But you've got you to live out there. You can't go back. We've got to stay out there. You can't come back in. Believers live a life, really, truly, that, that's contained many times. Three things that the enemy, enemy, I think it's on your notes there, three things that the enemy does to contain you is distract you, decept you, and we walk in ignorance. Distraction, deception, and ignorance are three things in three ways that the enemy contains the believer. That you started to get out, that our leg went out like this, but then something happened and we went back in. Or we started to get out. We had both feet out. We started to walk. And then all of a sudden, whoosh, there went an arrow. And we were like, ha! And we jumped back in the box. Right? God said, give. Okay, I've been tithed and I'm in my box. I'm a tither in my box. And he said, but give over and above. And you say, oh, my goodness. And then you say, okay, well, I'll give that a shot. And you start to do that. And then all of a sudden, finances start to kind of drain up. And you go, ah, it's better in my box. No, it's not better in your box. Do you believe that all things are possible? Do you believe that you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you? Do you believe that he will meet all of your needs according to his riches in Christ Jesus? Yes, 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 yes. That's out of the box. That's not in your box. We live in this place where we say we want God to operate here, but we want all of that. But see, we'll put our finger out. and We'll do this. You know, we'll lick the finger and we'll stick it out there. We'll, we'll, we'll sense all of the goodness of God outside of our box. And then we'll pull it back in. We can't live contained. The word contained means to prevent or limit the expansion, the influence, the success, or advancement of something. It means to limit, to prevent or to limit the expansion. Are we expansive people? Yes, God created us to continue to grow, to expand. That's why he said, take your tent post and get them out. Stretch, enlarge the place of your dwelling. Why? So you can expand. He didn't call us to live contained. He called us to live expansive lives. It says he wants the, the word contained to limit, to prevent the expansion, the influence, the success, or the advancement of something. 
The enemy always wants to contain you. John 10, 10 says, the thief comes to steal, kill, and to destroy, but I have come that you might have what? Abundant life. Not contained life. Not this much life. Abundant, outside of the box, living large kind of life. Ooh. Uncontained. I mean, uncontained. Uncontained. A new season gets your feet wet, go across, and then it is uncontained. A land flowing with milk and honey. There's the enemy there. But you are greater than he. There is the enemy everywhere out here. But who is in you is greater than he who is where? In the world. It's no different than the people who stood on that side of the river. Get your feet wet, head over. Get out of the box. The word abundance, we've heard it before. Excessive, overflowing, surplus, over and above, profuse, extraordinary. Extraordinary. Is that your life? Extraordinary life. Every day is just like, woo! I spilled coffee all over myself today. Going down the stairs. I didn't have time. I didn't know what to do. I was upset. Woo! <laughs> so I just poured water down the front of me to make it all wash out. So I was really wet for a while, but I'm dry now and it seemed to have worked. Woo! Don't let anything bring. Huh? Uncontained. Uncontained. Now here's the deal. It says in John, you can turn here, John 8. And we know this, and I think we continue to quote this, and we continue to speak this, and we understand basic premises of this scripture, and we understand that it says that if you abide in my word, you are my disciples indeed. And then you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. So you will know the truth, understand, recognize, gain knowledge, realize, come to know. It's the knowledge that has an inception, a progress, and an attainment. It's about who you are. You will know the truth. It's a progression that goes from the seed into the harvest of what that revelation is of that truth. That's what sets you free. So at that moment, see, you're free. But here's the deal. You've got to keep doing that. You can't just... There's nothing worse than a believer who had a bunch of revelation. There's nothing worse in your life, if you're a believer, than, than to have known the truth. To have lived the truth. To have attained and got out of the box at one point. But if you refuse to go, you got to refuse to go back in the box. You have to continue to live that revelation. You have to continue to grow your spirit man. The person on the inside of you, that spirit man that is the real you, that's the part of you that we need to continue to focus on growing and moving. And this idea of knowing the truth, attaining it, getting it on the inside of us and growing. You don't get to a point where you come out of the box and you think, okay, I have got enough revelation. You don't get enough revelation. If you think you have enough revelation, you'll find yourself back in a box. It's the truth. It's the truth. Here's the thing, and the body of Christ is like this many times, especially if you've been around for a while and you've attained some things and you've had some revelation. If you will not yourself not just come to church on Sunday, but you got to get to digging, you got to get to finding, you got to get to searching. The thing that got you to the point where you are today was desperation because you were about to die. Then why, once you get out of the box and God begins to set you free by the revelation of the Word of God in our lives, why then do we assume that we can stop? We're still desperate. Every day we wake up desperate because we're living outside of a box in an environment where we're, where we're uncontained. Uncontained. 
That means you are not going to come to a level of knowledge in your life that says you're done. Because there is no done. It's uncontained. And here's the thing. That's true. It's the mark of maturity in the believer. That's why it says in Romans chapter 8, 14, it says that the mature are the ones, the mature sons and daughters are the ones who are led by the Spirit of God. It says the sons and daughters of God are led by the Spirit of God. That's the mature ones. Why? Because you have learned to go on and to go forward and go to the next level and to hear what He's saying and to apply it in your life and then to grow to the next thing and the next part and the next piece. Now, this isn't a staying in your house until you get it all understood before you go out of your house. It's a putting it in your heart and then living it in your life, in your house and out of your house. No box can contain you. Now, if we're going to go to a new season, this is what it's going to take. Woo, new revelation, new stuff, supernatural teaching. Woo, woo, woo. I'm, I'm just telling you. I'm, I'm getting it. Consist- See, we think, oh, I'm just going to be real intense. Intensity doesn't do it. There are a lot of believers who are intense that have fallen by the wayside. And then we think, well, you know what? I'm just going to be consistent. Well, there's a lot of consistent people. They come to church every Sunday, but they're not going anywhere. You can be consistently in the box. I mean, you can, you can, you're consistently in the box. You, 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 I mean, that's, you, you, can, you can be intense inside of that box. I don't know how to do that. I'm not a mime. You know, I mean, you can be intense in there. You know, whatever your facial impressions are. I mean, you can be that way. But if you want to come out of that box and you want to stay out, see, and you want to be in this place where all of the goodness of God is, then, then you need to be consistently intense. Can you be consistently intense? Consistently focused on who He is and following after Him and being led by the Spirit and saying, I am, I am so desperate today for an answer in my life, God. I'm going to do whatever it takes that you, that you speak to me, that you show me. I'm going to do whatever it takes when you ask me that I'm going to do it, that I'm going to be focused on your plan and your goal for my life. See, that keeps us outside of the box. And you think, well, yeah, okay, okay. That's a... Now here's the thing. The two have to go together. The two have to go together. Matthew, chapter 12, verse 25. It's 25, I think, Caitlin. It's not on your thing there. It says, it's Jesus speaking, and the the leaders had come to him and said, he casts out devils by the devil. And and this is the story where he he said to everybody, he said, a house divided cannot stand. Ooh, all of a sudden I realized. We've said it forever. We've talked about it for a long time. I've known this is true. Jesus said, every kingdom divided against itself is brought to desolation, and every city or house divided against itself will not stand. That's the scripture that says, you can't know one thing and live another and expect to be blessed. So you want to you know? You want to dabble over here in this stuff, but say you believe this stuff? Your life's not going anywhere? That's why. Matthew 12, 25, you can write it down, put it on your mirror. Whew. But here's the thing, it doesn't have to be that way. Why do you have to be divided? God called, God called us to walk in what? Unity with who? Him. He didn't call us to be divided. He called us to walk in unity. And here's the thing about God's love in His life. It can't be contained. He was everything before there was anything. He is the left. He is the right. He is the top. He is the bottom. He is the front. He is the back. He is the head. He is the alpha. He is the omega. He's the beginning. He's the end. He is everything. He is omniscient. He is omnipotent. I'm telling you what, he he knows it all. 
He's all-powerful. He's omnipresent. He is everywhere. You cannot contain Him. And God is love. So therefore, if He is love and you cannot contain Him, then you cannot contain His love. Hmm. You cannot, you cannot, you can't begin. What do we always say? What do you tell your children? What do you tell people who you talk to who don't know a lot about the Word of God? Don't put God in a box. You can't. You can't put God in a box. You can't place Him in that thing. You can't say this is all it is. His love is unchanging. His love will never end. His love never began. It always was. And His love is the thing that made the difference. It said, For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whosoever should believe in Him shall not perish but have everlasting life. It was because of His love that changed your life. That love is all around you. That love, is, uh, that, love, that love permeates everything in which we live, every place in which we go. It's uncontainable. God is uncontainable and God is love. In 1 John 4, 16, in the new, it's the New Living Translation here. It says, we know how much God loves us, and we have put our trust in His love. God is love, and all who live in love live in God, and God lives in them. Now, here's the thing. It, it's important. It says, all who live in love live in God. All who live in love live in God, and God lives in them. So when you don't walk in love, you're going to have a real problem. When you choose not to walk in love in your life, that's going to be a real issue. And over the next four or so weeks, I'm going to talk about hard attitudes, I think, through September. Because what comes out, that came from the heart. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. You live out of your heart. And I think, see, now this is what I said. We've got to develop the who? The spirit man. We have to develop our heart. We have to develop who we are on the inside. Because the things you don't like about yourself, the things that you have to continually apologize for, the things that you have to say, that really wasn't me. Well, it was on the inside of you and it came out. So that really was you. And you have to face that, deal with it, and you have to look at it. Hmm, hopefully somebody shows up in the next four weeks. <laughs> and then after that, we're going to start talking about our relationships. In our homes, with our wives, with our spouses, with our children, with our family, with our friends. We're going to start delving into those things. But you've got to take care of the heart attitude first. You have to take care of the heart because out of the abundance of the heart, your mouth speaks. But out of the abundance of the heart, you live. And that's why this teaching is so important, I think, because as we go through this, we're going to see that if we continue to develop the guy on the inside, if we continue to develop who we truly are by the Spirit of God, I'm telling you what, you, there won't even be a box. You, the, the things will fall off of you that used to bother you. It won't matter. God will fight the fight for you. It says that He will fight the fight. It says you don't have to go out and fight the fight. Even if you're wrong, He will fight the fight. But if you're contained in that box, you're going to beat yourself to a pulp and your life is going to be miserable. But if you will get out of that and let that thing fall off you and let Him fight for you, it won't matter. It won't make a difference. In Romans chapter 8, it says that this is his love. That you cannot be separated from his love. It says in verse 35 of Romans chapter 8, Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword? Who can actually separate you from the love of God? Nobody can. 
You can't be separated from it. But that doesn't mean you have to have it in you. See, that doesn't mean that you have to live it. You can be surrounded by it. You can, can be unseparable, but you can choose not to participate. See, it says, who can separate us? If you turn the page in my Bible anyway, it says, verse 38, For I am persuaded that neither death nor life nor angels nor principalities nor powers nor things present nor things to come nor height nor depth nor any other created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Everything He is, everything He does operates through His love. And that love is impermeable, it's uncontainable, it is all over you. And if we'll get out of the box and live in it and participate with Him in this thing that He has for us, I am telling you what, that love will conquer all. And you will be, you will be in another level and in another place. It will absolutely change your life. But look at John chapter 15, verses 9 and 10. This is why I say, it's all around you, but you have to be the person that makes that decision. Because it says right here in John, it says, As the Father loved me, I have also loved you. Abide in my love. Abide in my love. Rem the word abide means remain. Remain in my love. And in verse 10 it says, the first word is, if. The first word is if. So we know that His love is uncontainable. It surrounds us and it's all over us. But we have to be the participants because it says, If you keep my commandments, if you live my word. No different than in Matthew, you know, in chapter, in chapter 7 where it talks about building your house on the rock. I shared about it on Wednesday night. Here's the deal. He heard the word. He heard the word. But he lived the word. He didn't. He found, had good foundation. He didn't. Same guy, okay, same situation, same word. It was the actions. It was the participation. That's why I say the hanky waving. I'm not all about hankies, but that's participation in the goodness of what God's saying and sharing. And if you're not saying, ooh, amen for me in my house, I don't need you to amen because I know this is good. I, I'm not bothered by the faces. I'm not bothered by the smiles. I'm not bothered by the amens. I'm not bothered by the lack of amens. I taught math. Nobody likes that. I'm used to people not being excited about what I'm saying. That is not a problem. But I will tell you this. I tell the kids on that first day, I'm going to be excited about it because I'm the one who has to be here 180 days. And if I'm going to be here, I'm going to choose to be excited about it. So anyway, I know this is good. I, I was excited. I don't even have a box. I burned my box last night somewhere. I smashed it up and kicked it out the door and said, Whoo, why do I need a box? Why, why do I need a box? Why do we have to think that we'll be here at 10 North Earl Avenue for the rest of our... Whoo, why? Is, God, is God's love not big enough? Is God's power not strong enough? I, I believe it is. But that's what it says. If you keep my commandments... You will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in His love. Monkey see, monkey do. Not monkeys, but you know what I mean. <laughs> Follow the leader. <laughs> Probably better. Sorry. I apologize. I fully repent, sir. That, is, that, was, that was not even in the notes. That was all me. That was flesh. Don't wave a hanky or a sock or amen that. That was not good. Now here's the thing though, if the man abides in his love, if a man keeps his commandments, then God cannot be contained in your life. See, then you can really truly begin to think you can. Now I'm going somewhere. 
So you begin to think, you really truly think you can. When God says, you think, uh-huh. You, you, you don't start saying, well, I don't know. You say, uh-huh, yeah, woo, woo. Now, I think sometimes we've got out of the box and God said something. We say, woo-hoo, I'm getting back in the box. Because that's, that's a little out there. Well, that's where we want to be. I want to be out there. I don't want to be in here. I want to be out there. You begin, see, you begin to believe. As a man thinks in his heart, so is he. So what do you start doing? You start thinking different. Outside, new environment, new thoughts, new things, not contained. Walking in his goodness, walking in his love, walking in all the things that he is. Because we know we want Ephesians 3.20, exceedingly, abundantly, above all we can ask, hope, or think. But you ain't getting in the box. And it isn't coming through your head. And it's not coming through coming to church on Sunday morning. The exceedingly and abundantly above all we can ask, hope, or think, like it says in Ephesians 3.20, comes, you've got to come back here, come back to Ephesians 3.14. I know I only had one Sunday to do this, and I didn't know how to do it, so I'm going to talk really fast. It's a progression, okay? The spirit, man, getting the inside of you. Focusing on who God created you to be. I mean, this is every day, man. This is a clawing it out of the Word. This is a reading it or writing it down. This is, this is a stepping out. This is a giving when you don't want to give. This is a loving when you don't want to love. This is an accepting when you don't want to accept. This is a forgiving when you don't want to forgive. This is a praying for your enemies even though you can't stand them, but you love them anyway. I mean, this, this, is, this is different. This is, this is something. This is outside the box. This is uncontained. And I'm telling you, on the inside of you, something's going, oh, boy, that'd be nice if we could do that. But see, the, the, the other side of you, the flesh side of you is saying, stay in the box. But the inside of you is going like this. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> I mean, the inside of you is going, uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. That's what we've been looking for. That's what we've been saying. Uh-huh. And now all of a sudden it's coming like this is what you got to do. This is who we got to be. You got to allow God to, to make that spirit man. Be that spirit man on the inside of you. Be bigger than who you are in your flesh. Uncontained. This flesh can't contain me. It's growing bigger to try, but I'm telling you what, it can't contain me. <laughs> Working on that, aren't we, Dan? We're going to get, we're getting rid of that. Huh? We're taking care of that. I got a text from you like at, at, at 9.25. Right when Pastor Pam was doing the, yeah, when asked to pray. Oh, that's awesome. Great. Now listen, I like this. Because the end is good. See, the end, when we get to the end, it says, now to him. I usually pick on him, so I just, I just swapped over. It's, he doesn't text me anymore during church. <laughs> to, no. There's a couple, one Wednesday night, he sent me a text and said, you're doing good. That popped up on my phone. It says now, because we know this, now to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask, all that we ask or think. That's who he is. He's able to do exceedingly above. And I can think of some stuff. Can you come up with some, can, can God give you some ideas and some thoughts and you start feeling some stuff and you start, man, I'm giving. I just give it, just give it. Just, I don't care. Just, just plant the, get it out of my, get it out of my hands. If it's closed, let it be closed. Get it out of my closet. I, I, I'm, I'm bigger. See, me, I don't matter. This doesn't matter. This doesn't matter. Bigger, exceedingly. Now listen to what it does here. It says, For this reason I bow my knee to the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, from whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named, that He would grant you, grant you, according to His riches of His glory, to be strengthened with might. 
Now, how many of you have said, I just, I need some strength? This says right here, it starts with, he's going to strengthen you. With might, that dunamis power like we read in Acts 1.8. That's the might that he's, that he's going to strengthen you with. But listen now, because this is good. It doesn't come by P90X. It, do, it doesn't come, he, do, he doesn't grant you strength because you came to church and you checked the box on Sunday and said, I'm a member. It do, it, you come on Wednesday, you check the box. Do, he doesn't say he gives you strength because you came to church. Can you find strength in church? Yes, but this is how. But I'm telling you what, this isn't in church. This is outside of the box. This is uncontained in your life. It says that he will, he will grant you to be strengthened with might through his spirit in the what? The inner man. Who's the inner man? Your spirit. Who you truly are is spirit. Your spirit, soul, and flesh. Soul is your mind, will, and emotions. The body is the flesh. And who you truly are is a spirit man. The inner man, Paul calls it. He's strengthening you by his spirit into your spirit. That's why I say, hankies. Because you're not receiving it for who your flesh is. You're receiving it for who your spirit man is. See, when God says something, you say, amen. What does amen mean? So be it. See, there you go. Amen. When you hear that word and it leaps on the inside of you, get it. You say, oh, I don't know. Well, then you're not going to have it. It'll fall all over you. It'll hit the ground. You've got to receive it. When God speaks to you in the morning, when he says that scripture, when he writes you, boy, you've got to suck that in. You've got you to get it. You've got to receive it. Then he says, do what with it? Meditate it. It's a progression. You shall know the truth. Not just have the seed of the truth that you've accepted and received, but then you act on it. That's the deal with the parable of the sower. You don't let all that other stuff take it away. I know this is deep. Get online tomorrow. You can listen to it again. BitcherLafayette.org, you can find it. Go on. That Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you being what? Rooted and grounded in love. Not just your love for your spouse, not just your love for your children, the un, just the uncontainable love of God. You are rooted in it. How do you know what's going on in somebody's life? You look at the fruit. And where does the fruit come from? The root. How do you know what hair color somebody truly has? You look at the roots. I'll put in things that we can understand. Fruit's not a good analogy anymore. Think of the hair. My grandma's jet black hair, but I'm telling you what, get to the roots. Don't tell Lou I said that, but that's... You gotta go to the root. You have to go to the roots. It says you'll be rooted and grounded in love, not in friendship, not in fellowship, not in all these other things. Those things come out of being rooted and grounded in love. Your spirit, man, being strengthened from the inside out. It isn't about coming to church. It's not about P90X. It's not about all of that stuff. It's not about some program. It's not about some 40-day fast. All of those things may be important in what God's doing in you, but He strengthens you by His Spirit in your spirit. And so if you will know the truth, you will be free, not in a box, but out living it in your life. Don't stop. Don't stop. That you may be able to comprehend with all of the saints what is the width and the length and the depth and the height to know the love of Christ which passes knowledge that you... Now, hold on. 
Uh-huh. See, this is, the, this is it. I mean, this is, the, well, this is the part where, I mean, we're starting to get to the exceedingly abundantly part. We haven't quite got there, but look, now what are we doing? We're being strengthened on the inside of us in what? In our spirit, man, in who we are. We're coming, we're climbing out of this box. Why? So that we can understand and live in this environment that is His love that conquers all. So that we may know the love of Christ, which passes all understanding, that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. All the fullness. All that uncontained. All of it. All the fullness starts with allowing him to what? Strengthen you in your spirit. See, you know the truth and the truth shall set you free. What's that? What's he going to do? It's a revelation of understanding what the word is in your life. That the seed is planted. That the seed begins to grow. That the seed is nurtured. That the seed is beginning to harvest. That the seed is beginning to fruit. That all those things are coming from the root that was the truth of the word of God. Why? So that you could live in the fullness. Outside of the fullness. Woo! Mm. I mean, when you need it, it's there. When he asks you to give it, you give it. When the next thing comes, he takes care of it. When you need knowledge, he pours it through you. Why? Because you're living in his fullness. Do you think his fullness is anything less than what we need to operate day to day? No. What is his best for us? His fullness. It says in John 10, 10, we started it off with this, that he has come to give you the what? The abundant life. The fullness of God. Ooh. Now here's the problem. There's a difference between growth and development. You grow naturally. You develop on purpose. See, you grow naturally. You say, well, I've been saved 20 years. Yep, you may not know anything, though. Just being honest. You may have known something. See, this goes back to my baby Huey days. I mean, you could be a 25-year-old fifth grader if you don't learn to read. There's growth and there's development. Somewhere along the line, as believers, we've continued to grow, but we stopped maybe in our life developing. Now, why? There's a lot of reasons. But turn to Acts, and I'll tell you why this is important. I think many times we've decided that, you know what, I'm going to learn some stuff. And that's great. But it says in verse 413, Now, when they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were un learned and untrained men they marveled I am not poo-pooing education I'm not poo-pooing the, the VBIs and getting I'm telling you right now today you need to be in VBI that's how you build your spirit man I'm telling you you need to be in these this, this you need to take a class oh I graduated take it again take another class do it over Whatever it takes, continue to grow, continue to go forward. It says that they were uneducated and untrained men. They realized that they had been with who? Jesus! They were walking in the fullness of who God created them to be and walk in. They were walking in His love. Silver and gold I don't have, but such that I have, I give you today. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Not Peter, not John, not Paul, not, not anybody, but Jesus of Nazareth. And rise up and walk. Woo! Fullness. Uncontained. Absolutely uncontained moment. But they were unlearned guys. Now that doesn't mean they were stupid. 
That doesn't mean they were simple. That doesn't mean they didn't learn. That doesn't mean they didn't understand. But that does mean they did this. They focused on what was true. They focused on what was real. They were raised up in the power of God, walking in His might. And they were full of the what at that point in time in their life now? The Spirit of God. The Spirit of God had strengthened them in there. He began to speak, Peter did, and all those people got saved. They go around the corner, and there's a guy sitting there, and all of a sudden, he's healed. And they're going, these guys are just simple dudes, but they have been with Jesus. Is that you? Is that, is that who you are? Is that what goes on? I mean, we may be simple folks. We may be doing our own thing and just kind of hanging, but have you been with Jesus? Because if you've been with Jesus, that makes you different. You can't be with Jesus this way. You, you, can't, you can't be in unity. You can't be walking in His love. You can't be pertaining and walking in all of His commandments. You can't be abiding in Him and remain the same. You're different. Don't come back through that same mountain, that same thing, that same time. Be different. Uncontained. They were unlearned. Now here's the deal. Adults. I think Bill Winston said this this year. Adults calculate children believe. We need to become more childlike in our faith. Now I'm talking, you know, I mean, I, I go all the way, all the way through the scriptures that we've talked about. Go back all the way through the things. We're looking at the fullness of God. We're talking about being strengthened in our spirit. We're talking about rising up and who we are on the inside. We're talking about living in the uncontained will of God. Living in His uncontained love everywhere that we go. And not being put in a box anymore. That's what kids do. They think they can fly. If you're not careful, they'll jump off the garage flapped up and all kinds of stuff. You got three boys, four boys now. Look out. I mean, they're, they're going, they're, they're tying each other up and swinging each other. They don't, nothing hurts a kid. Right? I mean, you know, you're riding your bike and when you're a kid, you start flapping your wings because you think maybe. And then you're watching from across the road and there's a ramp. And the one brother's telling the other one, you can do it, come on, you can fly. And he's going, I think I can, I think I can. <laughs> now the difference, and now here's the difference. In that situation, they're tied to the laws of this earth. They really can't fly. They, really, they can flap their wings all they want. They can ride that bike as fast as they want. But they may get off the ground a little bit, but eventually they are going to crash because there's a law of gravity that operates in their life. But in our life, spiritually, if you'll have that faith of a child in your life and won't go driving down the street in your blinds, they go flapping your arms, but being led by the Spirit of God, then you're operating in His kingdom. Then you're operating in His law. You're not operating in the laws of gravity anymore. You're operating in His law. And his, in His law, His direction, His will for your life is unlimited. You can't fly. Ephesians 5. It says, imitate God as dear little children. And if you go to the next verse, verse 2, it says, and walk in love. Love, man. It's the grease. It's the oil that makes all this stuff go. You have to walk in love. Think about it in your own life. As soon as you get out of love, what happens? Relationships, situations. I mean, you're ready to throw a brick at your $500 TV because somebody just scored on Purdue and they barely won. And you're upset, so you walk right out of love for your boilers and you walk right into angst and you're ready to destroy that thing. And probably if somebody didn't stop you, you might have. That's a problem. You're not walking in love. 
I don't know if you can forgive those guys. We'll try, though. But it says, it says we need to, can you believe that? Imitate God as dear little children. That we need to become unlearned. That we need, we, need, we need to get, see what happens to adults as you go from childhood to adulthood, you learn stuff. You learn that things go wrong. You get this idea that things won't happen. You've got disappointed over situations and circumstances. You've allowed the cares and the things of this world, see? And what does it say in the parable of the sower? It's the seeds and the cares of this world and the things that you learn along the way that tell you that it's not possible. But the Word of God nowhere says it's not possible. The Word of God says all things are possible. See, and so somewhere along the way from childhood to adulthood, we've taken on all of those thoughts that are negative, all of those things that say it won't happen, all of that stuff. And what happens, our spirit man isn't strengthened anymore. Our spirit man isn't strong anymore. We're not, we're not nurturing who we are on the inside. We're not following after the truth. We're allowing all of these things and the cares of this world and the deceitfulness of riches and all the stuff that hasn't gone right to do what? Put us in our body. But God never intended for that. He intended for us. He, he wanted us to be like we were as a child when the mama said, you're healed and you went out your way. That He wanted you to have that same kind of faith where you are today. That's what he was looking for. For you, for me. That's living outside of the box. So people look at me sometimes and say, well, you're kind of like a kid. Uh-huh. You better believe it. And, 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 I, and I'm, I'm, I'm not necessarily apologizing for it. I got to teach for 13 years, and so I was around teenagers almost my whole adult life so far. Now I'm just dealing with all of you, and you act like teenagers, but you're in adult bodies. <laughs> but here's the deal. Choose to live outside the box. Don't stop developing who you are on the inside. To live anything in your life but the fulfilled abundant life is to live contained. See, to live anything but the fulfilled abundant life is to live contained. I don't believe that's who we are in this church. See, I believe it is a new season. I believe what Caleb said, but what did he say? He said, you have to take what's in here Huh? You'll remember this. I mean, it, it was like a bolt of lightning. All, I mean, it, it, he said, you need to take what's in, and how simple, you need to take what's in here. What do we say every service? The word of God is truth. Believe the word of what we bless. But all the world, just that simple. And then he says, you got to take what's in here and you got to get it in where? In here. You've got to see the truth. This is the truth. The truth sets you free. Not just owning the truth, not just reading the truth, but taking the truth and putting it on the inside of you. And then when you put it on the inside of you, you begin to live it in your life. Because it's becoming revelation. It's a seed that now has sprouted and now has roots grounded in the love of Christ. And then it begins to grow up a harvest in your life. And then it begins to be fruit because you're living the Word. And then when you begin to live the Word here, what did he say? You begin to see it out here. Mm. Ha! I am ready to see some stuff in your life. Come on. I don't care about me. God's going to take care of me. I want Him to take care of you. I want to see what you saw. I mean, the come on, the abundance. The, see? Huh? Amen. See, now you're hanging me. Huh? So be it.
Now, if you want to live outside the box, why don't you stand up? Jump up! That's right, Sammy! We hope you've been encouraged, strengthened, and challenged in your walk with Jesus. If you need prayer for situations in your life, we encourage you to email us at prayer at victorylafayette.org or call our offices at 765-447-7777. If you desire to make Jesus the Lord of your life, or if you have drifted away from the relationship you once had, I encourage you to pray this prayer with me today. Heavenly Father, I believe that you love me. I believe Jesus died for me and rose from the dead. Today, I confess Jesus as my Lord and Savior, and I receive the forgiveness for all my sins. Holy Spirit, I thank you that you come into my life and empower me to live a victorious life. Thank you for saving me. In Jesus' name, amen.